You're listening to City Beat, the podcast from urban Milwaukee. I'm your host, Jeremy Janine, and we're trying something new today. We recorded a mobile interview with Milwaukee County Supervisor Marina Dmitrievich in August at Collectivo in Bayview. We discussed her time on the Milwaukee County Board of Supervisors, her run for the 14th District Common Council seat being vacated by Tony Zielinski, and what she sees as solutions for a range of issues facing the city. Let us know what you think of the new format and who we should interview next. Don't hesitate to use the contact form on urbanmilwaukee.com or email us at info at urbanmilwaukee.com. But for now, sit back, relax, don't touch that dial, hit skip or push mute. Here comes the interview. in the south side in the Bayview area Um, you know my family is what drives a lot of my values and my work Um, I've had the honor to represent this neighborhood since 2004 I started out as a 22 year old and like I said I've kind of grown up and raised a family here Um, and I love my neighborhood I love my city and what's driving me to run for Alderwoman is I want to bring about some change I think our city needs some new leadership um, progressive values and my track record experience and energy to go forward I think makes me a really good candidate. So what type of change are you talking about? Well, um, our city in general (laughs) has a lot of challenges. Uh, Bayview and District 14 uh, is doing quite well. Certainly there's always things that we can improve, Um, but as I've been out talking to people, um, people are worried about the direction of our city. Uh, Specifically, we have a, a lot of challenges. We have segregation, poverty, Um, infant mortality, um, things that, you know, evictions um, definitely are present in our neighborhood, but we can't succeed in Aldermanic District 14 if there's challenges 15 minutes away from here that are are really hurting people. And for the people listening, why don't you describe District 14? Sure. District 14 is an awesome part of the city. It's the South Side and the Crisol community. Um, We're incredibly diverse, predominantly the Bayview neighborhood. That itself is um, pretty subjective. Um, I always say to folks that if you want to be in Bayview, you're in Bayview. Um, But uh, mostly Bayview, South Side, and then, like I said, the Crisol community. Um, We have a growing and thriving Latino uh, community, which is wonderful. My own family is multi-ethnic in that my husband Eduardo is from Uruguay. We speak Spanish as well. Um, And so that's allowed me throughout my career to be able to to reach um, a a lot more uh, families. And so we're along the lakefront, um, we go west, and then our kind of northern boundary is like the Beecher Bay area. Um, Really hot spot in the city of Milwaukee. Let's talk a bit about your time on the county board though. Mm -hmm. How does that differ in terms of the area you represent, what types of topics and issues you represent? when you're on the county board? Sure. So I was elected in 2004 um, as a 22-year-old young woman. And back then, it was not as trendy and cool as it is now to be a younger woman in politics. I can tell you that. I was into a very different institution. Um, But uh, my open mind and hard work um, enabled me to to be honored to be elected by this district. So District 4 on the county board that I'm on right now um, is the second Latino majority seat 
and it does include the Bayview neighborhoods as well as um, like the western part of the south side of Milwaukee, so like Layton Boulevard West. Um, some really amazing uh, neighborhoods over there. Unfortunately, that's not part of District 14, but um, the, the Bayview portion of my county district significantly overlaps with uh, the Aldermanic district. So um, certainly people in this community know me very well, know my family, they see me everywhere I'm out and about. Um, and when it comes to the county and city, I think uh, my experience at the county has been um, I've been a very prolific legislator. Um, I'm a problem solver, and when I see things in the county or the city that aren't going the way they should, I've been trying to uh, solve them with a with a legislative answer. Um, I've done things that are way outside of my district too, um, so I care about the people in my neighborhood. And I've probably one of the signature projects that people know me about are all the renovations out at South Shore. I mean, South Shore Park is a totally different park. It's been incredibly enhanced. We have one of the coolest public beer gardens that I had a role in obtaining the funding for. We've been able to protect the lakefront. Um, but more importantly than, I think, specific projects, um, it's values, right? I think that um, myself and my family are really reflective of Bayview and, and Aldermanic District 14 right now. Um, and the values that have been generally progressive at the county, standing up for public services, are the same that I want to bring to the city. So you've been the county board chair for a period, mm -hmm. you're now with working family parties. Yeah. What makes you want to make the jump to the common council? Sure. Um, in 2012, I was um, the chairwoman for three years, only the second woman to do that, which is kind of fascinating. And then after that, I moved on to the working families party, um, and I've led that for four years. Actually, technically, as of today, it was about two weeks ago, I stepped down um, I'm no longer the state director of the Working Families Party. So I'm with Working Families Party, but I'm not the state director. Um, and I'm slowly stepping away from that role. Um, I have my master's in nonprofit management. There's a little factoid that people might not know about me. Um, so I have really enjoyed um, leading that organization and, and fighting you know, as well for those progressive values. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of change, I guess to kind of bring together why I want to run at this time for the city and leave the county. I'm not seeking re-election at the county board. I've had an amazing 15-year, it'll be 16-year run. I feel that I've set forth a lot of great policy, but there's so much more that could be done at the city. Um, at the county, I've done a lot of eviction reduction work. Clearly, housing is a priority at the city. There's things that I've seen at the county that are such strong city issues that I can't wait to get to work on. Um, I know I shared with you when I first announced my run, I want to expand our health department. Um, I have an idea of putting health department satellites within our libraries. Um, I see that as a basic need that isn't being met with people. I want more library hours. Um, you know, I could go on and on about the specific city services. People want more recycling, they want more composting. I'm hearing from folks. And in this district, a huge issue right now is the development. Um, the character of our neighborhood. We could probably get a little more into that as well. All those issues are things that are important to me as a resident of this community. Um, my own son, Rafael, is starting Bayview Montessori School um, in two weeks now, and uh, I feel that I share a lot in common as I'm going door to door with, with the neighbors in Bayview. So I'm excited to get to City Hall, and also it'll probably be historic in its own self in that if um, another woman is elected when I am, we'll have the most women ever at, this, at, at the city of Milwaukee Common Council. 
Well, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It seems mm -hmm. likely that at least one of you, because there's, I think, a couple more women in the yeah. wings ready to run, so mm -hmm. that could definitely change dynamics. But let's talk about development and baby. Yeah. Tony Zielinski's stance has been, I want development on Kinnikinnick Avenue, and I want to protect what he calls the neighborhoods. I have a little bit of problem with that language, because <laughs> the people that live on Kinnikinnick are still part of the neighborhood. That's right. Uh, but what is your vision for how things will work? This is a hot real estate market. Yeah, so I've talked to thousands of people all summer long. I've been going door to door. Um, you know, As you know, I launched my campaign in April, so um, I love this, the way I always have the grassroots fundraising, the grassroots door to door. Um, I really, it's, it's, it's allowed me to be successful and being reelected five times. Um, but also you learn so much. You think you know your neighborhood until you literally find out who's actually behind those doors. And so um, now that I've talked to thousands of people, development has been at the top. That, public safety, transportation, um, and schools. But development is certainly hot. So other neighborhoods have gone through this um, same process as us. And here's what I want to do a little differently when I say there's some change and leadership needed is I would like to put um, a bit of a pause on some of the, 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 the possible projects, the ones that have already been decided on, and go back to the drawing board a bit, um, talk to our neighbors, and re-probably amend or develop what is called a Southeast Side um, plan. It's on the Department of City Development's website. It hasn't been updated for a while. Um, it was made over 10 years ago and there's been an amendment here and there. Why I think that's important is, you know, when you do strategic planning and development, a lot of folks say um, that it's the process even more than the plan that's, that's incredibly valuable, but it's bringing our neighbors together and I'm going to have multiple listening sessions right away when I'm elected and having folks talk about what they want to see. I think we're in a spot right now in the neighborhood where we generally just hear what we don't want to see or where we don't want development. But I want to know what people want want to see. And we will together draft a version of our neighborhood. And that way it's clear to developers, it's clear to neighborhoods, okay, we might want a couple hundred units of housing. In fact, one thing I hear frequently are older adults who want to have housing that they can afford as they age and that they're nervous about um, being priced out of Bayview. And I'm really concerned about that. So maybe that's something that we request of developers as we as we go forward. Um, I do think development overall is good for our neighborhood. We don't want to be stagnant, but we want to make sure we preserve the character and have everybody included in, in what the neighborhood's going to look like. So an ideal timeline for this pause, how long are you thinking? I mean, just a couple months. I think that's the benefit of having um, a new alder person is I want to gain data. I want to hear from people. Um, and I want to go through a visioning and strategy session so that it's very clear what we want. But yeah, a couple months um, just to have a new process. I hear from folks too that they feel sometimes that the process isn't transparent or they're getting information late. Um, but lately what it seems like, and, and you've covered some of this, is that like one by one we're taking each piece rather than a holistic view. So. Uh, Development might or might not make sense on a corner, but then if you step back and you look at the entire neighborhood, it might it might make sense as a larger um, part of a plan. And that's where I want to I want to kind of get out of this one for one piece for piece. I want to actually do a larger plan um, that people can be empowered and, and support. All right, let's talk about public safety. That's a mm -hmm. hot button issue you mentioned at Doors. Yeah. It's now more than 100% of the city's property tax levy. Yeah. You talked about funding some other things, more library service, more health service. How does that fit into what the city spends in the police department? Yes. Um, well, 
this is something I plan to take the time to talk about a lot, and I've had the time when I've been going door to door. Um, and this is where I'm maybe a little bit of a different candidate. Um, you know, at the county and the experience I've had with the sheriff's department and a big change in leadership at the sheriff's department, I think that we, especially as local elected leaders, have to um, have some serious conversations with people about public safety. Um, it's The answer is not always just more, more police, more police on the streets. Um, in fact, you know, generally when you just put more people on the streets, that's not always a direct result in, in more safety. Um, what I actually talk about in my campaign a lot is promoting peace um, because public safety itself is, is more of a value, a, a perception of how you feel. So if you were a victim yesterday of your car being broken into, you feel very unsafe. <laughs> but when you look at the figures of Aldermanic District 14, in fact, it has very few incidents um, relatively citywide. But when I get back to public safety in general, it's because we have challenges citywide. We need to look at it as a citywide issue and make sure that the money that we're spending in our police department is actually um, is actually promoting public safety. So I do want to re-examine that. I want to make sure that our police department is having positive relationships with people. Um, in fact, I support strongly um, what's called the new standard operating procedure when it comes to working with our immigrant community. Um, that is something that Voces de la Frontera has supported. Um, and I think some of the money that's been in our police budget once we examine it perhaps could be going to the services that I talked about, um, expanding health department, library services, that if people have their basic needs met, um, perhaps that actually reduces some of the violence that we've seen. Let's talk about transit and schools. Those are two issues that the Common Council doesn't directly control. Obviously, they're big city issues. With schools, you're going to have a front row seat now yeah. at Baby Montessori. But what can be done from the city side to help the school system? Well, one thing that I'm committed to and I've been really strong about is I want to end the city chartering of schools. Uh, I don't understand why the Common Council and the city is involved in that. Um, it should be dealt with and decided by the elected school board. So I really think that we have enough on our plate <laughs> Um, that the city should end chartering of schools and that that um, should give that authority over to the elected school board. So that's something I feel pretty strongly about. And let me clarify on that. Mm -hmm. You're not saying you want to end charter schools. No. You're saying you want the city, which is one of a handful of charter right. entities, yes. to stop yeah. issuing And the city chartering, so the common council and the city government chartering of schools, that that authority be placed at the um, school board. And I yeah. believe UWM is the other entity. The other one, that can yeah. And that one, I, that one they have to decide on their own. But the city should decide you know, that we, we should not continue in that business. I just don't think that it's the right place for it. I think that it should be at the elected school board. All right. And yeah. What can you, you come from a position that controls the transit system? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not God for the transit system. Yeah. There's a whole county board, there's a county executive, mm -hmm. there's financial realities. What can the city do about helping mass transit? A lot, actually. Um, you know, we have so much transportation. I mean, let, let me back up. So my, my view is I have been on record a huge supporter of all multimodal transportation. And when I mean multimodal, I mean trains, some scooters, bikes, um, the, um, the streetcar, hop. I mean, all those are ways to get people out of their cars. I'm someone that I really don't like having a car. It's expensive. Um, I think it's better for the environment when people are choosing other public transportation. So you're going to continue to see me support that at the city. Um, and the city is working more and more on transportation. Again, whether it be scooters or bikes or even the, um, 
the streetcar, we're going to work together. And, you know, the majority of the Milwaukee County transit system routes are within the city of Milwaukee. So I want to see a, a county and city multimodal public transportation system that's growing, not that's seeing cuts. If we want to be a city that's first class and invites tourism and we're building for um, the Democratic National Convention, we need to have the infrastructure that supports that. And so you're going to see a commitment from me that is designed to take people out of their cars, relieve parking, and have a better environment that provides those multimodal um, transportation opportunities and uses public money to do it. All right. <laughs> the big question I always ask my guests, what is your favorite underrated restaurant? Oh, okay. Well, that one's actually kind of easy. Um, and it is, I, I feel bad, but I have to be honest, it's a little treasure, although I'm a little nervous that people will know about it. Um, uh, it's in my county supervisory district um, in the western portion near 30th and Burnham, El Senorial. Have you oh, ever been there? Yes. Oh, times. you Great know about choice. it? Okay. Um, amazing family owned. Uh, again, it's in my county supervisory district. Um, amazing food. And they have something that my husband loves called parillada. And it's basically um, a big grilled meat thing, which is ironic because I actually don't eat meat. But my husband loves it. Um, and that is one of my favorite restaurants in the city of Milwaukee. All right. Well, my guest today has been County Supervisor <laughs> Marina Dmitrievich. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.